Yo, what's up? It is recording. You Welcome guys all recording? I'm your host. Yeah. Yeah. And get ready. All right. Yeah, recording fun as well. Just a word of warning. One. Spoilers ahead. Yo, and we are back again for the final movie in our summer theme. I hope you guys have enjoyed it so far. And I know I've enjoyed one out of three movies. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't enjoy the last no, one. No, no, I, I didn't really like it. But um, how about how about we get on to the third and last movie? Um, pretty excited. Let's 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 hear it. Yeah, and so uh, you know, we felt bad about what happened last episode, Gabriel. Um, so we picked a movie for the final of the three summer movies that uh, depicted um, a different horror altogether, which is. Um, adolescence, <laughs> male pu- male sexuality. Uh, so we're going with a uh, widely acclaimed foreign film from the one only Alfonso Cuarón. This is, of course, the 2001 Mexican road film, Y tu mama también. So, yeah, as I said, this is a movie that uh, came out of Mexico in 2001. It created a real splash when it hit the festival circuit. It ended up being a massive hit in its native Mexico, and also um, in the rest of the world, it, it performed very well internationally. And so the film tells a coming-of-age story about two teenage boys who take a road trip with a woman in her late 20s. It is, um, it's set in 1999, I think, against the backdrop of Mexico's political and economic realities, specifically at the end of the uninterrupted uh, seven decades of president from the Institutional Revolutionary Party, and the rise of the opposition led by Vicente Fox. I definitely did not read that off Wikipedia. Um, but yeah, anyway. It's, <laughs> no, that's just knowledge. That's just pure so, knowledge. Yeah, when it, um, so when it hit the scene, this film was really claimed for its deaf storytelling and really creative use of long takes, but also was a little bit controversial for its rather explicit depiction of uh, sex and drug use. But ultimately, it's a really touching story about a special bond that forms between three people. And, um, yeah, it's a great summer movie, too. Uh, it's just one of those films, like we said, that you could not imagine taking place in any other time than summer. So uh, I'm really excited to see what you think, Gabriel. Raph, have you seen this movie before? I have, yeah. It, 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 you know, it actually comes from one of my favorite directors, if not my favorite director, Alfonso Cuaron, who ended up uh, making my favorite film, Children of Men, uh, shortly after that. So I am very excited to to revisit this film um, because it was it was a powerfully told um, tale. All right. Well, I'm pretty excited to watch this. I've never seen it before, and um, yeah, it's 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 done in Spanish. Uh, yes, okay. I think there's a little bit of English dialogue in there, but it's nice. primarily Spanish. Well, I get to so our uh, first foreign film. Yeah, I'll get to practice my pretty terrible Spanish, but. Um, Cool, I'm pretty excited. I can't wait to watch this movie. Nice, foreign film. Woohoo. Woohoo. All right, sweet. Well, I guess I'll I'll get to that now. Um, watch it in a little bit. And I'll talk to you guys later, you know? All right. All right. That See good. you guys in a bit. Enjoy. Ciao, ciao. Yo, guys, and we are back. Just watched. Y tu mamá también. And what a great movie. I enjoyed it so much. Like, especially this genre of movies. Like, so good, so good. So, yeah. Uh, how about we just kick this off and 
just give our initial thoughts on the movie. So um, how about Ollie? You you start us off. Oh, sure. So, um, yeah, I've had an... In- I'd say I have, I have quite a lot of history with this film. <laughs> so I watched it um, when I was a teenager myself, probably a few years younger than the characters in this film. And for some ungodly reason, I'm pretty sure I watched it with my mother. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. So right out the gate, wow. um, things get awkward. Yeah. And you know what? They don't ease off that, you know? It They stay pretty awkward. So, you know, it was it was an uncomfortable viewing experience. And it starts. I'll, I'll say that. You know, I was, it starts. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh it's your drop right <laughs> in the middle of it. And so... Um, it was, in many respects, an incredibly uncomfortable viewing experience. I think I, I distinctly remember trying to physically crawl out of my own skin. But um, in spite of that, I, the film still seemed to have an, uh, an impact on me. And I've watched it quite a few times since. Uh, this was the first time I'd seen it in a few years, definitely since university. But I've always really enjoyed this film. I've always, it's always had a special place in my heart. And it's always had a really profound effect on me. And I've long thought about it Mm. and yeah so i'll just say i'm a really big fan of this movie i guess how i could sum up my thoughts is that i really like how they took what could have been a really middle of the road teen sex film i mean that is basically what the premise is it's two horny teenagers go on a road trip with an older sexy woman with the you know hopes of seducing her and they turn it into something that's really profound and moving and melancholy something that is about the passage of time and something that is also about a country that's in a state of flux that is about so many things at once mm-hmm. but then also it's about it's, it's it takes a macro and a micro perspective on storytelling and it's just really fascinating i think that comes down mainly to the use of narration which i think we can get into later because there's lots to discuss there but yeah i think it's um a remarkable achievement in uh storytelling and filmmaking and uh, probably my favorite Alfonso Cuaron movie. Mm. Um, but yeah, so really enjoyed this film and I'm really excited to talk about it with you guys. Raph, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, my first experience definitely wasn't yours. Uh, I'm glad it wasn't, <laughs> Thank I guess. God. Um, you lucky, lucky man. Yes, I know. I'm one of the few out there that, that manages to not watch this with their parents. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, exactly the same impression as Ollie, really. Um, I watched this after... I had seen Children of Men, and Children of Men was my first Quaron film. And after that, I decided to watch all of his work. Um, and Itumama Tambien came along nicely, and it blew me away. Uh, it made me feel uh, things that I hadn't felt um, in a long time or ever. It really awakened a lot of feelings and emotions. Um, and it's just so palpable and relatable and... Um, and and intimate and sensitive um, and all of those kind of delicate kind of themes whilst also, you know, predominantly being about sex and, and fucking, uh, excuse my language listeners, um, but it, 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 it wields such a, a, a special narrative that if it was given to someone else other than Quaron, it might have looked like a totally different picture. And I'm looking at like maybe American filmmakers here who handle sex in a very different way um, than Quaron or other uh, maybe foreign directors. And it's, um, yeah, no, a really special and beautiful film. And I'm so happy that, Jabriel, um, that you liked it. 
Um, so yeah, let's, let's, let's jump, jump into it, I guess. I don't know where do we start, but we'll start with Jabril maybe on, on what you, yeah, what, whatever you want to start with. Yeah. Well, what, well, yeah. What do you want to talk about specifically? Yeah. So, um, one of my favorite things about this movie was basically the, the friendship between the two main characters, mm-hmm. these two boys. It really, it really sparks like a nostalgic feeling mm-hmm. while watching the movie. And something that I love about the whole genre, the whole coming of age movie is the development of the main characters and how they change and how it basically brings you back to those times when you were going through similar things. Mm. So yeah, that was like probably my favorite part of the movie. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie as a whole. So but the, the yeah the, the the I mean the friendship is really key I think that um I think I think just the the this film wouldn't be half the movie that it is if it weren't for the ending I think I just think and just to leap to there I guess you know um just <sighs> that realization when you watch this movie for the first time that basically there was this thing that was potentially unsaid between these two friends that was there the whole time but they weren't aware of it which was you know I don't think this when they kiss at the end and when they end up you know having this threesome together with Luisa's character I don't think that's necessarily a revelation that they're you know necessarily identify as gay or in love with each other but they they have a an unspoken confused feeling for one another that um was too was too great and too powerful for either of them to comprehend especially as young teenage boys and the fact that and it's so devastatingly sad that um they weren't able to grapple with that and i think throughout the film with the use of the narration they're pointing out that even though they they are these really close friends with this tight bond there are all these um socio-political circumstantial um forces that are fighting against them and threatening to tear them apart whether it's the, the differences in their class backgrounds, whether it's the the fact that they have this these, you know, this infidelity um between them, and also the just the different directions their lives are going in. And ultimately, you know, it ultimately it suggests that they were like many friendships that form when you're children, they are unfortunately never they're not they're never meant to last long. You know, they were never going to last into your adult years. You're always gonna fall uh, things were going to kind of, you were going to drift apart at some point. And I think that's, that'll resonate with anyone who watches this. Yeah. 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 No, that's wow. Well said. Um, and I, I, I feel like there's this sexual awakening, um, or this unspoken relationship that you speak of, uh, exist in probably a lot of boys, um, which is why there's a lot of us that maybe can relate to a bit of their unspoken relationship that they have and the courage that they take to, to leap forward. And, and, and yes, obviously Louisa is the one that pivots, the one that kind of, uh, uh, manipulates a, the wrong word, but that uh, eases their their passage um, in order to, for them to kind of sexually perform with one another and to to get intimate with one another. Louise is definitely that that instrument that helps them do that. But um, I feel like yeah, a lot maybe a lot of boys out there, a lot of young adults out there, maybe have that that connection that they never realize uh, until there is another human that presents that for them and that tells them, hey, you can do that. 
And the way it deals with that is, is so it, it done in a very sensitive way that it's real. Um, but going back to the characters um, and what Jabril said about like the, the strongest component being those two boys, um, I believe uh, just to spew a fact in there straight off the bat already, uh, Diego Luna and um, Gael Garcia, uh, they're actually childhood best friends. Um, and Alfonso Cuaron did not want mm. Diego Luna uh, for the part, and Gael Garcia had to convince Cuaron to to put him in the part. Really? Uh, it, because and he he said his justification was, well, he's my he was my childhood best friend, and he is my childhood best friend. Uh, can you please do that, and the chemistry will be seamless, will be effortless. And Cuaron and did. I, and I, I heard they 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 improvised as you can probably tell they improvised a lot of their interactions and a lot of their dialogue Absolutely. during those long sequences. Yeah. And so I th I think yeah. it would have been, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense that they have this history together because that must have been so easy mm. to kind of recreate on screen. For sure. And it's and that's that's the palpability yeah. of 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 what you see on screen. It 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 just it, it makes it so easy to watch. It's an effortless watch. Um, mm -hmm. And it's purely dialogue driven, which is a hard fucking thing to do. I'm swearing again. I'll stop swearing, which is a hard thing yeah, to do. It's okay. Um, sorry, it's my, it's my, we'll, we'll bleep you. Yeah. Out. Yeah. It's the French inside of me. That's trying to swear all the time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's that. And, um, and I feel like uh, going back to the characters, they, it immediately establishes the relationship between these two roles, right? They're full of confidence, energy, life, and banter, and their lives, you know, they, they live it fully, embodying what it's like to be, you know, a young adult entering this new phase in life, which we all have done. Like, now I'm 27, mm -hmm. um, but I've been through that kind of journey that they have been of, of, of leaving high school and entering, yeah. you know, university. That's such a specific phase in your life. You know, the fun, the drinking, the smoking, and of course the sex, yeah. it rules our lives and it rules their lives. Um, mm. and they know, uh, what they want. Uh, they know that they want to have sex often, right? They know they, they can perform. They know they can embody their sexual desires, but rarely can they actually talk about it, which for all of us boys, yeah, we we couldn't. Well, they 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 talk about it in a in a in a very classically male yeah. teenage yeah. way. Yeah. Like they actually they're yeah, actually they're quite like obsessed with sex. About it. Yeah, but it's all you know, it's all it's all filled with like uh, chest you know chest thumping yeah. and like male braggadocio, and it's all mm -hmm. about boasting. Yeah. And it's and and what I love about the way they shoot these sex scenes is that I think they're very. They're very careful to demonstrate how little they actually know about exactly. sex or about yeah. pleasing another woman without going into yeah. too much details. They're really awkward sex scenes. And I think any sex scene that's probably shot realistically would be kind of awkward to watch. But they are really awkward because <laughs> it's just there's no there's like no there's no like physical chemistry or kind of care or, <laughs> or there's no like choreography going into it whatsoever it's just They're just it's like just, little jackrabbits yeah rabbit humping <laughs> just like straight up um, exactly. which is what <laughs> we do like which is what i'm I've, I've done that kind of you know that, that that kind of performance i can say that i, I can safely <laughs> say that yes that was me when i had the first idea of what sex was or 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 when i found my sexual awakening that's it's it, you're bursting with energy right so it's 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 all that energy that makes it so weird and uncomfortable and awkward and yeah they 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 do present it very well yeah yeah, it's um, no, it's a credit, and that's and that, it's a credit to this film. It's another, it's another thing that really you know tells you straight from the get go that this film is not like 
other typical teen sex yeah. comedies. You know, this is not the sex that you usually yeah. see on see on screen, especially not when it concerns young men. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact that again that it opens straight, you know, it opens right yeah, away. The sexual opening with Boom. a really yeah. protracted sex scene yeah. between yeah. these two teenagers. So, oh my god, <laughs> um, it's still scarring you, yeah, Ollie, isn't it? It's, uh yeah it's like um i don't know it's the cinematic equivalent of like diving into ice cold water and not realizing you, it's like trying to it's like jumping into water thinking it's going to be a warm bath but then it turns out to be a freezing yeah. cold that's what it felt yeah. like yeah 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 <laughs> oh dude but um what really what really struck me with this movie is the fact that this is like I think what two thousand one Mexico nineteen ninety nine it was well the film was I think oh, the film was I think the film was shot in two thousand and then released in two thousand and one but I believe that the film the story is mm. set during ninety nine yeah or, or like ninety eight okay. because it's it's um set against the backdrop of a change a, a presidential election yeah. mm-hmm. that had already yeah, taken place by the time the film was yeah. you know, very going into specific production. kind of setting um, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, well, like what I wanted to say was, um, you know, Mexico being a very religious Catholic country, mm-hmm. it was very interesting to see such a vivid movie, if you know what I mean. Like, considering the the setting, I wonder how much, um, like. How the I I wonder what the Mexican people would have said about this movie if there was any controversy they, or anything. D- yeah, definitely. And, um, there definitely was. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it, it, I think uh, part of the controversy was, uh, especially in Mexico, was due to the rating. Um, I I read this uh, article where Quaron was was uh, quite devastated and angry that they gave it such a high rating, so not permitting actual uh, teenagers to, to to watch this film, uh, or mm. people of uh, you know a, a younger audiences to watch this film. Um, so there was a bit of controversy there, and obviously the controversy of you know having uh, nudity and 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 those kind of like you know explicit sex scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's always going to have some controversy around the world, and especially in Mexico. Well, it's it just. You know, it's a perfect case example of like this debate that feels like it has been going on for decades now in when it comes to ratings and representation on the screen, because it's one of those ironic things where this is a movie that actually pro- teenagers of a certain age probably should watch. Mm. I mean, of course, you know, parents yeah. will, you know, parents' opinions on this and adults' opinions on this will vary person to person. But I think we can all agree that, you know, if you're, I don't know, if you say, if you're a teenager, uh, not necessarily an adult yet. This is a good film to watch because not only is it portraying sex in a way that's authentic and I think caring too. It's not violent or anything like a lot of the sex that no, young people are exposed to. And more importantly, it just speaks to a, a, a um, an experience that will be resonant, you know, will resonate with a lot of teenagers. Mm. And yeah. it, so it's ironic that this kind of caring, tender, authentic portrayal of teenagers having sex is considered to be verboten and inappropriate, whereas, you know, cartoonish 18 style violence yeah. is, you know, is absolutely fine. Mm. And or mm. a type of sexuality where, you know, maybe you're not seeing penises or nipples, perhaps, but, you know, is very mm. gratuitous and, and very um, objectifying towards the women in particular. Yeah. And I mean, we're 
we're used to that because we've lived in Singapore. So the rating uh, in Singapore was also something that I found painstakingly, you know. Oh, no way this film would have been released oh, unedited in so Singapore, Exactly, right? right? It, it, it probably didn't get any release. Yeah, it's either, it's either it was never released in Singapore or it was, but like so edited and so... Um, it would have been like 15 minutes. It would have been like 15 minutes. Yeah, long <laughs> yeah it would have just been the, the car scene of them riding to the beach. That's it. <laughs> yeah, and it just ends with them like playing football yeah. on the beach. Yeah, that's it. Cut the credits. <laughs> it's, a, it's a new comedy from Alfonso Cuaron. Um, but uh, yeah, so we're, we're used to that, to, 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 to finding that um, balance being very uneven of you see a, a film like Itumama uh, Tanbien, and it would probably get, I would say, in Singapore, R21 rating with heavily, heavy, heavy edits. Yeah, definitely. But then you have R21. something like an action movie with boasting with like incredible violence that's NC-16. And it's like, well, that doesn't make sense. The world's upside down. No. Yeah. So. No, but... um. um yeah, but any in any case, I mean, case, I got. I think the last time I went to Singapore to watch a movie, I got ID'd mm. because oh. it was an R twenty one. Yeah, movie. it is. <laughs> what, what film was it? If you don't mind me asking, dude, I can't remember. The oh, last time oh. I watched a movie in Singapore must have been like two years ago. So, yeah. and, I honestly, an R twenty one rating is rare. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I yeah. my mum. You know, making another conversation. <laughs> you got to stop bringing she, your uh, mom to these films, Molly. <laughs> well, no, she, well, you know what? No, shout out to my mom, actually. She always, um, you know, hey, mom, if you're listening. Uh, that was really dorky. But she um, <laughs> she always wanted me to, she always encouraged my love of cinema, mm. in particular foreign and art house cinema. So she would go out of her way to, to make sure I could see these kind of movies oh, and that nice. we'd experience it together. And so I remember this Italian movie called I Am Love came out which has tilda swinton in it uh and as actually directed by luca guadagnino who's gone on to do you know bigger things mm. and we went to see we got tickets to go see and we went to see in the cinema in singapore and i was i think 18 at the time or 17 18 i was in my last year of school anyway and uh at the door they said they they couldn't allow me to go in wow. mom was like why and they were like i think it, it's an m18 or it's an r21 and only because there's a few instances of of um of a of lesbian kissing or lesbian sex scene and of course homosexuality is still not legal in singapore mm. technically speaking and so they said oh he can't go in and my mum was just you know was really beside herself about this she said well no it's okay i'm his mother and i say he can go in and like that's not how it works and i was like and she was like why not and she just couldn't understand why you know this governing entity was allowed well, to yeah. sort of do her job as a parent for it her. Doesn't make sense. And so I remember she went to see that movie but on her like, own and I went to see Takers by myself. <laughs> this movie with Paul Walker, uh, an action movie. You know, not bad, but, but definitely not the kind of educational experience I was probably no, looking no, for. probably not. Yeah. Which is, yeah, bizarre. But I feel like as a whole, the whole movie rating thing, like not just in Singapore, but around the world, it's just so strange what they consider to be mature content and what's allowed for yeah. kids it's so, uneven um definitely yeah it it doesn't make sense i feel like the people who do rate these things barely know anything about the message that the movies are trying to make they just rate it purely on what they see rather than 
the message the director or the filmmaker is trying mm. to make. Well, there's no qual there's no qualitative um, sort of interpretation of what's happening on the screen. I think, unfortunately, by its very nature, like the MPAA, which is the the rating system in the U.S., I think they do have mm -hmm. to look at it like what they have a checklist of things. Mm. And if they see that and it and it's on screen for this amount of seconds, for example, or happens this many instances, then it will suddenly have to be given, you know, one rating or the other. So they have to do it in a really mechanical yeah. fashion, which is not taking into consideration the intent or the manner in which mm, these yeah. things are being portrayed on the screen. Artistic value. Sure, absolutely. Very objective. Or the intended or or the intended audience, which mm. is really important. Sometimes yeah. you are looking yeah. to to speak to a, a younger audience with yeah. something. Definitely. But anyways, eat tomorrow ten Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to maybe go back to talking about the characters and uh, more specifically the the core trio um, that uh, this mm -hmm. film is you know flourishes with, uh, and when the core trio is set, uh, I think I feel for me that's when the story really, uh, lack of a better word, drives forward um, because an age gap is immediately presenting uh, presented. And that kind of depicts an alluring effect on both sides, right? Throughout the journey, uh, Louisa, which wishes to be a little more youthful, whilst the others mature to be a little older uh, through their interactions with Louisa. So there's that kind of dichotomy of like one's trying to be the other and mm. the two are basically getting beneficial effects uh, from one another. And I think that comparison is is constantly sprinkled throughout but also the competition between the boys, right? Boys are so competitive. We know that. Mm -hmm. We've been that. Um, and sometimes, you know, they always have to win or be first, which is seen in their races or their sexual experiences. And they're both possessive and insecure. So they find it hard to understand what love is and what it means to be in a relationship with their girlfriends and with one another uh, until uh, Louisa comes in the picture and, like, introduces a, a new perspective and changes the group's dynamic and becomes and it becomes intimately closer. So I feel like for me, there's that is very apparent and also a sexual tension throughout between the two boys, question mark. But yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, and I, I think uh, that's definitely true. I, but I also think that in addition to kind of the boys maturing or becoming more competitive when they spend more time around this third character of Louisa, I also think they become a lot more, um, bearable mm. frankly like so and i and i love this movie and i think this is a really honest portrayal of teenagers but they're really unlikable at the beginning especially in the beginning uh. i think they're quite obnoxious yeah. it's a really authentic performance from the two young actors because they are just like cackling all the time making really lewd comments and actually and acting really obnoxiously especially when they're talking about women yeah. and so the more time they spend mm -hmm. around you know so i think if this film didn't have this shift in their stories when this w older woman comes in, it would be a really probably a hard movie to get through. Mm. But because it because it would just yeah. be them kind of, you know, uh, boasting to one another and making cross jokes. But when, you know, this woman comes in and disrupts everything and creates this tension between them and this competition and all of these you know secrets from their past come out, they become much richer, more interesting people to follow and spend time with. It grounds it. Yeah. And I think that's, and that's actually an interesting, you know, that for me, when I watched this film this time, it's like I said, it, it was, this was the first time I'd seen it since at least university. And I think as someone who's a bit, quite a bit older now, I, you know, I was just like how, how immature they were being <laughs> really like resonated with me more strongly this time yeah. around. Yeah. 
like when I was watching it as a 16 year old, I probably related to them quite a lot. I probably recognized them as people I went to school with yeah. or who I could be at times. But this time I was like, man, these are these are really immature, annoying little teenagers. Bunch of idiots. Yeah, idiots. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then they kind of, yeah. and then they kind of drop their, their, just they drop their guards as the story unfolds. Yeah. And it becomes so much more complex. I feel the focus of the movie was more on Louisa. Like, at, at least I saw the change in Louisa's character more prominently than I saw um, Julio and... Tenoch. Tenoch, there we go. Yeah, so Julio and Tenoch. Um, so pretty, pretty for me, the final scene was a bit surprising. Like, I didn't really notice it. But now that you guys mentioned the whole sexual tension between the two characters, mm. um, it all clicks. Like, especially when they're at... Um, Tenoch's dad's country club or something when they're masturbating <laughs> on the diving boards yeah. on the pool classic boys like <laughs> what that that was one thing where i was like what is I never going did on that. here yeah like, yeah yeah these guys are really comfortable <laughs> i mean with each so other. public mm. oh yeah. my god yeah um and that close-up <laughs> shot of their uh how should how should I put this? Their um, semen, their jism. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> jism. Is is um yeah bold bold stylistic choice on the on on the behalf of Mr. Corwin. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Mm. Um, but definitely, and yeah, did, I I just wanted to ask you, uh, Gabriel, as some you know, you said that you were focusing, you were zeroing in a lot more on the the development of the character of Louisa. Were you were you shocked by the reveal at the end? No. With regards to her her. Her, you know, what, the fact that she was she was suffering from terminal cancer the whole time. Well, yeah. So they hint at the fact that she might not be able to have a baby. That's what I felt for the entire movie, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. she passed away. But it wasn't like a huge surprise. Like they do have her go to the doctors in the beginning, okay. so you know something grave has happened. So that that for me, wasn't such a huge twist. Right. Okay, I see. Because I can't remember. I'm at Raph, I don't know about you, but I can't... I feel like I didn't see it coming when I first watched this film, so it kind of packed a real wallop, but... Um... I mean, I, I watched... I think this is my fourth viewing of this film, and it still got me again, because I... It, yeah. it's, 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 it's done in such a um, minimal way that you kind of forget about her even going to the doctor, uh, and then uh, the end, it circumvents back, and it's like, oh right, yes, okay. So I watched it again, and I again I experienced the same kind of you know blowback mm. of going, oh shit, oh right, of course, of course, damn it, they got me again, you know, like Quaron, mm. damn it. But yeah. so yeah, it was it was still yeah. uh, it was still I, um I, I think because their relationship, their dynamic uh, relationship is such uh, a powerful one that it always, for me, it will always get me. That ending will always get me because of yeah. what they do on their journey. Mm. Right. Just because for me throughout the entire movie, um, her interactions with other characters, there was always hints of uh, conception and having babies and being pregnant like um her interaction with uh chewie's wife 
um, the fisherman's wife. I don't know if they said her name. Mm. I can't remember what it was. Um, but a lot of their interactions were with her children, and she always commented on how she looks like such a good mother. And um, I think even before that, there were hints at, um, you know, having babies and things like that. Oh, also, I guess. Oh, you're the wife. Her conversations with her husband as well, where she, yeah, uh, you know, where uh, it's obvious that she's. Hano? uh, Yeah. What is, yeah. Hano? Yeah. Hano? Can we get a fact check? Yeah. Yeah. Um. (laughs) But like, it's it's obvious that. But yeah, um, so I saw there was a lot of foreshadowing in the movie and then the twist more for me was it's not that she has cancer mm. so interesting i don't know interesting i think um yeah i do want to so i want to talk a little bit about um uh the use of the the voiceover narration in the yes. film so i think i've read mm. somewhere before i've heard people ask the question why why do we have this why do we have this narrator stepping in every five or so minutes in the middle of the story and sort of just commenting on random uh, backstories of characters or places that, you know, um, that aren't really a central part of the story whatsoever, that they're just blowing past. Mm. Why is it giving us these little pockets of history of the country? Mm. And um, I think that personally, in addition to sort of giving you a broad picture of, of this country that was in flux, I think it kind of foreshadows the end of Julio and Tenoch's friendship, as well as the death of the mm-hmm. character of Luisa. Right. Because I think if you can look, point to a theme or to a, uh, a connective tissue when, with all of the little observations that the narration, the narrator points out is that nothing lasts forever mm-hmm. is that everything changes. Mm-hmm. So you have like them talking about, uh, oh, what did you say his name was? Was it Chewy? The, um, the fisherman. Chewy, yeah. Yeah. About how due to like globalization and the political realities of Mexico at the time, he was going to lose mm-hmm. his business and he was never going to fish again. Yeah. yeah. And then there's it also points out uh, about um, politicians that uh, whose reigns will come to end yeah. and it also points out... The pigs. Um, uh, yeah, pigs. Yeah. That, I mean, that was... I actually have a little bit of a nitpick I want to get into later. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I'll just... But, uh, but I'll say for now, but it's constantly pointing out things that are in stages of transition and that come to an end, mm-hmm. often somewhat in a somewhat tragic oh. way. And I think that that's why one of yeah. the main themes of this movie is like, the passage of time and how nothing ultimately lasts, which is why it's such a melancholy film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The impression that I got with not only the narration, but the way the movie was filmed, um, I just got the impression that it was either Julio or Tenoch, like recalling those events. Like it, it, it gave the impression of like uh, a flashback and it was giving the audience uh, the view, like a point of view of one of the characters recalling those moments, you know, it's showing you the present while adding anecdotes that possibly the characters have experienced in the future, or I don't know. It just, the, the, the way that it was made was just really effective in doing mm-hmm. that. And did you guys ever think? Sorry, Ralph, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just going to carry on with uh, the 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 aspect of change throughout, and it's also at the turn of the century. You know, they they were about to enter a, new, mm-hmm. a whole new century, so that also adds into the layers of change. Um, but yes, go on. Oh yeah, I was just going to say I was I was going to ask. Did you guys ever think though that um, at any point the narration was distracting or it was used too much? Never. 
I feel like no, never. Uh, it, well, with narration, it's tricky, right? Because a lot of the times it can distract you from what's actually going on. But because we have Quaron at the helm, he's so good at world building. He's so good. Mm. So what it does, the world building, the character exploration through narration, it gives us both a visual and audible stimuli to paint the story. And Quaron is yeah. so good. Yeah. And that's his signature visual st- uh, storytelling technique, you know, presenting more than meet the eye with the foreground and the background elements in each moving shot, right? Each mm-hmm. frame. And there's like a, a really good YouTube video about, um, I think it's nerd writer who does it. Who's a film critic. Uh, I don't know if he's a film critic, but anyways, he talks about, uh, each Quaron using foreground and background to really, uh, explicitly show mm-hmm. the image. So everything in the frame is important and totally inclusive for world building, right? This is like yes. a real world that lives in and around the frames of this movie. Uh, it also mm-hmm. gives it a, a documentary visual style. And this is, uh, made for me as impeccably noticeable, uh, technique in children of men. Children of Men does he he takes it to a all new heights in that movie, which I hope we'll get into if we go to a dystopian kind of theme. But um, Dude, but yeah, sure. so it's it 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 really makes it a a breathing living world that you're constantly around in, which is why it gives it such a real and raw and authentic feel. Like Quaron does that yeah. so yeah. well, and he does it so well throughout his filmography. Couldn't have said that better myself. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think we couldn't really talk about this movie properly without talking about um, the cinematography and the camera work. Mm. Um, so Alfonso Cuaron is working with his regular cinematographer, Emmanuel Lubezki. The one, the only. Lu- 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 yeah, the one and only. Who's, I think, won like three or four Academy Awards now. Yeah, you know, he, he racks them up every now, like every year now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, they're, they're nothing. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's picking his teeth. Yeah, yeah, he's wiping but, um, his ass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That would be that would be that would be impressive. <laughs> but uh, he um he, he but anyway he he's obviously noted, I think primarily for his um his ability to do long, long takes, takes and really often very uh, really elaborate impressive long mm. takes or tracking shots that um you know that people tend to watch on you know in film class and point to as an act of like really impressive technical filmmaking Mm. but i actually like that this film is filled with long takes and tracking sequences but they don't draw attention to themselves in the same way that um Mm. you know the ones in children of men or gravity do for example i think um there's nothing wrong with the really elaborate you know tracking shots that will take you from this end of the Mm -hmm. screen to this Mm -hmm. end and then go you know over the over the gate and then under the ground that's that's all fine but this it's i think these are my favorite type of uh long takes because they're more focused on just letting the scene breathe Mm. and letting the characters Mm. kind of can and and they and letting the characters kind of just reveal themselves slowly in conversation and creating a natural tension all right so let's let's get into it uh let's let's name our our favorite long take scene of of this film if we if if we had to Mm. oh for me it would have to be um, mm. one of the final scenes where it was um, they were taking shots, having drinks, and then Luisa goes to change mm-hmm. the music, mm-hmm. and then they start dancing. Um, I love yeah. that scene. And to be honest, I, Alfonso Cuaron was the director that introduced me to the long takes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, it was so effective, and I really, really liked that scene. It was really, really good. Yeah, I, I think that would probably be the standout for me. Although I think the the scene as well when you know um, in it the the scene when I think is it Louisa is getting ready and leaving the apartment. Ah, yeah. I think mm-hmm. I think I think because it's it's yeah right yeah because it yes. but it's it's because it's not about technical With the window. Yeah, it's just it's really simple, yeah. but elegant at but the same so time. So effective, so effective. Absolutely, because yeah. it's and they revisit it throughout the movie. Yeah, like whenever I think she's speaking to Hano, they kind of revisit the empty apartment and how that relationship is empty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think I think the great the thing though about this question you're asking, Raf, is that I'm pretty sure a lot of the long takes in this film you don't even recognize. You're not even aware that they're happening. No. You don't because, even notice. Yeah, it. yeah the the work the way it's working on you is much more subtle and subconscious. It's kind of just sucking you into the reality yeah. of this of of what's happening on screen. The narrative. Yeah. The narrative and just every single aspect of this movie, like, oh, the, it, for me, it's like the perfect balance of everything. Yeah. I dude, yeah, I like. I have to say, I really love this movie. <laughs> Already if... my favorite out of. Oh movie. my god! Yeah, well, I can't, ding, ding, ding. yeah, I can't wait to 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 hear your rating for it. Um, and and I guess uh, to to expand on on the long takes. Uh, for me, as as an actor, uh, especially coming from theater, I love these. Uh, sequences and films that 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 hold a scene like that because I mean so many movies do edits and like jump cuts and stuff like that where they don't let the characters breathe in their world that they live in so this it's as if we were watching a moving theater piece on screen you know it's you you just let the camera roll and you let the world um be explore its own self in, in 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 on on the screen and that's a thoughtful and caring director that 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 wants his audience to follow the entire journey of this film through the world through the characters and the dialogue right so it's for me that 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 gives me a such a, a relinquished feeling of 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 ease and and it's also very soothing i mean it, it is really very delicately done that it soothes me and my eyes and I can just listen and enjoy the world that I'm witnessing on screen. And it's funny because some, a lot of long takes or tracking shots, um, they are used explicitly to build tension, Mm -hmm. to, to build suspense because as a watcher, you're used to seeing cuts happen. And when you don't see a cut, and especially if this is like some action sequence where a character's running away from something dangerous, for example, then it's making you more tense Mm -hmm. because you're just waiting for that cut. It's like holding a breath in. But here, in contrast, it's more just, like you said, Raph, it's just easing you into that world and almost allowing you to, you know, to drink it all in. Mm. And you pointed out, I think, brilliantly that, you know, he does such a good job of putting a real world inside every frame Mm. because there's stuff in the foreground and background. And because he doesn't keep using cuts, then you have more time to kind of take it all in yeah no for sure that's why and I'm, I'm glad he did i'm i'm so happy that he's given us both the uh the 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 soothing and relaxing and and beautiful uh long sequences in Yitu Mama Tambien and then you know the more action oriented and devastating and and dystopian cuts that mm-hmm. we see in Children mm-hmm. of Men I'm so happy that we have that I'm so happy that we have that in this world thank you yeah. thank you <laughs> like for me, 
Um, every like a lot of people that know me very well, they know that I am a huge, 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 huge Harry Potter <laughs> fan. <laughs> so, Didn't think you were gonna take it there. <laughs> I had no idea what yeah, you were gonna say, bro, and then I got gotcha. you. <laughs> So, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, yes. the third movie, is my favorite movie. It's a bad Harry Potter movie, in my opinion, but cinematically, it is the best by far. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It kind of changed the tone for the rest of the, like for the rest of the series. Absolutely. And that's how I fell in love with long shots. And until I did a little bit of research about this movie, I. I found out that it was the same yeah, director, Alfonso Cuarón. Ah. And well, um, he he that was the next film yeah. he made after Itumama Tambien, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah, cuz I think this one this movie, uh, I mean, Preserve Azkaban, I think it started filming in 2002, maybe 2003. Yeah, it was released in I in 2003 02. and then yeah, so um, they shot it in 2002. Um yeah, he changed the game for Harry yeah. Potter for sure. Um Absolutely. Yeah, he changed the tone of the entire series. And for a lot of movies, I think that movie and uh, Batman, the the first of the Batman trilogies, you know, that whole dark realism kind mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. thing in movies that happened in the mid-naughties. Um, for me, were these two films that did that a lot mm-hmm. for that. Um, yeah, so... I like Alfonso Coron was always someone that I knew, but until I did proper research, I'm like, oh, holy shit! Like this guy's done so many of my favorite movies. Yeah. Like Children of Men, dude. I haven't seen that in so long. I think we 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 should we have to do that movie at yes, some point. I agree because yeah. I remember enjoying it. Well, yeah, I watched it in theaters. I remember this like. Yeah. yeah. Well, we maybe we should go go ahead. Ryan. No, no, no. I was just gonna say I've seen it countless times. So for me, I don't mind revisiting that movie as many times as possible. I'm I'm all in. Yeah, I. But maybe this would be a good you know opportunity to all tell each other what our favorite Alfonso Cuarón movies are. I mean, I think I I mentioned mine at the top of this um, recording. Yes. But yeah. What What are your guys' faves? Children of Men. <laughs> prisoner of azkaban dog oh shit didn't you say did you just say it was your favorite movie like of all time by the way well yes i did yeah not of all time me or jay you're talking to (laughs) raf no because jabriel just now said that it was like the best movie or like his favorite movie so i wondered my favorite harry potter movie oh okay gotcha 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 yeah my favorite out of the eight okay Mm. yeah 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 uh, yeah, and mine, mine would be Children of Men. So Alfonso Cuarón is definitely steeped himself <laughs> in my mind forever, and he's he's forever a pioneer for for my filmmaking experience. Yeah, like my favorite Alfonso oh. movie is Prisoner of Azkaban. Well, uh, I'll just you know r- repeat what I've already said, but I think yeah, I think it's probably Itumama mm. and I, I love a lot of his films. Mm. Um, I really like Children of Men. I really like Roma, um, uh, but. I think that this is probably, to me, his most personal film, yeah. or at least it's the one that personally speaks to me the mm. most. And um, yeah, mm. yeah, and I'm really glad that we're talking about it on this podcast. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, it's a good one. It's a good one. I, I guess I just wanted to, you know, um, <clears throat> before we finish recording as well, I, I thought 
maybe I'd, we could tie this in a little bit with the theme of summer since you yeah. know in theory that is the supposed premise of this podcast right and so I was also thinking um, that one thing I'd like for us to talk about before we you know bring this to an end is the theme of summer because you know in supposedly that is the you know part of the premise of this podcast we're sort of classifying and categorizing films as part of larger themes and you know this is the final film in our uh, our um, series on summer movies mm-hmm. so i just you know wanted to get your thoughts guys on how this relates to um summer i think you know on an obvious level it's just it it's it's really hot right <laughs> <laughs> they're in summer in mexico that's too observation uh, uh, by the way <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like why you're the swimming. Yeah, but I just think that the heat as well plays into a lot of yeah, the yeah. um it's... the freedom, the them like the um uh the sensuality mm-hmm. um and how mm-hmm. they're letting they're you know letting a go letting go of a lot of their hangups and their repression. They're kind of mm-hmm. giving into their I... their some of their more base instincts and that's you know something that the summer will bring out in people. Absolutely. Yeah. For me the the highlight out of the three of the summer movies i thought it it showed it exemplified summer in the best way you know because like do you remember like when you were 18 17 and the summer after you graduate from university oh like, yeah high school you mean uh sorry high school mm. yeah when uh so do you guys remember when you were 18 sure of and, course the summer after mm-hmm. high school, like, yeah, I mean, it, it was blurry because it was fueled with alcohol. Maybe it's just the yes. nostalgic value. Well, because like, the, <laughs> the summer, the summer before you leave for university or your gap year or wherever you're headed, you know, it's it. There's obviously a lot of freedom and celebration because you know it's the mm-hmm. end of an era and because you don't have any more school. Yeah, and you have a lot to look forward to, but it's yeah. also kind of maybe weighed down with a little bit of melancholy, or um, mm. uh, yeah, or foreboding because you are about to bring an end to a chapter in your life and you're about to say goodbye mm. to your family and to your best friends. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So it holds both It holds both the exciting aspect and, yeah, the melancholic aspect, mm. um, which is why summer is, is always so filled with uh, these, these, um, these fluctuating emotions because you are... And, you know, this film, uh, like Jabel says, exemplifies summer because, you know, they're going on a road trip to the beach, you know, and the beach is, you know, it's sunny, yeah. it's, it's hot, there's the heat, there's the love, there's the sex, there's the politics, you know, it's it's all... It, it, <laughs> I don't know why I said <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I ended with politics, I, I don't know why. When you, think of, when you think of summer, the first thing you usually think of is politics. Yeah, politics, you know, <laughs> government bodies, uh, shift, you know. Uh, sh- you know, cataclysmic yeah. shifts in power. Yeah, the economic failures of human depression. It's just all... Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, it's... But, um, but I think we... Uh, the the umbrella, the, the summer umbrella was... We picked, I, I, I feel, some, some really good f- films that um, if you take summer away, they wouldn't be the same movies. Uh, these movies uh, yeah. need summer because they... they it, summer's... All, it's like it's another character for these films, you know? Yeah. There's something about the summer that makes everything attractive and everything seductive mm. and mm. so apparent Heat. in this movie. Absolutely. It's like this great enabling force, mm. you know? Um, 
I, I sorry, I just have to say as a side note, I don't know if we're going to leave this in when we uh, when we edit this episode. But in my notes under theme of summer, I wrote the last summer, the last summer of innocence before adulthood for Tanakh and Julia. For Louisa, the last summer dot 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 <laughs> ever. <laughs> it's like an un unnuanced, yeah, <laughs> basic observation. Yikes! Uh, yeah, last summer for Louisa. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, uh, Ollie with the puns. Yeah. I love it. It just brings me back to the Jaws episode where you're like, it took a bite out of me. <laughs> oh my god. That's why I don't go back and listen to most of these podcasts because <laughs> then I'm reminded of all the dumb, terrible things I've said like that. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, before uh, we go on a rating, um, I, I wanted to kind of give a, a bit of my conclusive thoughts on this film. Uh, and I, I just, you know, there's a purely conversational narrative that's reinforced with just palpable and personable performances from the core three, which, you know, without them, there wouldn't be, the movie wouldn't have that, that sort of uh, feel to it. Their conversations about, you know, love, sex, politics, and their, their banter, mm. you know, just give a transparency between us and them. And we can see ourselves in their conversations. Uh, we get the feeling of freedom and summer through their conversations as much as the actual road trip they take. You know, it's so natural and organic. There's mistakes uh, and sudden laughter. There's pauses, overlaps, all of it to feel as natural as possible and as free as, as the trip itself that they're taking. Uh, it's not afraid to be raw and, uh, well, no pun intended, but naked. Uh, a film, <laughs> a film that explores, you know, sexuality unlike any other film before, I, in, in my opinion, which is why it, it changed uh, a lot uh, of feelings inside of myself as well. And I love when a movie can do that. And it's not afraid to be bare, you know, to strip away in order to find the human elements in these sexually driven boys to make them vulnerable with something they so desire and to reanalyze their relationship to sex. You know, the final act, there's such a change of pace. You know, they get to the beach and suddenly time slows down. You know, their journey to the beach is over and now they digest and process all that they've experienced on the road. And then you get the ultimate climax, which changes the whole movie. It changes everything. Um, so, yeah, and it, and it dwindles and lingers uh, in your mind long after the cred credits roll, which in, well, it, it did for, for me at least. Um, so, yeah, it was really such a powerful film. And that's my conclusion. Yeah. Wow, beautiful. <laughs> I didn't write that down or anything. I just it kind of flew out. You know, it's all my thoughts. You know, going exactly the I'm way I want so them. I'm so impressed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What? I mean, it just shows how great of a movie it is. Mm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What incredible improvisation. I mean, I'm an actor, so it it kind of comes naturally for me. I could be in this film and oh also God. carry conversations like they did. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, yeah. You might have a career in writing. <laughs> could you Could you give us an example of? Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe not right now because my I, you know I'm I'm feeling a bit <clears throat> you know just Ollie save me please Ollie 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 is that the last thing you wanted to say on the matter yeah. okay no, Ollie I, I need you kid what do you want to do you do kid I need you, um, I need you. <laughs> um, do you want to give this a rating uh, I will give it a uh, I will you know what I can't even give it uh, anything lower than a ten uh, I give it a ten out of ten yeah. It's a perfect film for me. Mm. Oh well, um, nice. I'll uh, I'll just quickly say. I mean, I, what you know? What can I really add to that? I think this is, yeah, it's a 
it's a it's a seminal film in my opinion. Um, I think anyone who's a fan of uh, not just foreign cinema but cinema in general should watch it. Um, and this might sound like a kind of <laughs> really crude or unfinessed observation or remark, but I feel like this film is just life. You know, mm. I think that Preach. it embodies everything that life is to me. It's you know the highs and the lows, the the freedom, the joy, and also the inescapable uh, sadness um, and the un the thing that we are all facing against, which is the inexorable march of time. Mm. No man can withstand time. No woman can withstand time. And so, yeah, I think it's just a, a thing of beauty. And um, I will have to give it then probably 10... Oh my god! I couldn't do it either. I couldn't do it either. I would no. I was about to say, uh, you know, I'm gonna say it. F it. All right. Ten floating strands of semen in the pool. <laughs> Did nothing. You're gonna get take um, it there. I know. Sorry. You've so ruined one of this us whole podcast. This co- god. Uh, one, one of us has to. I'm I mean, sorry. That... One of us has to bring this conversation down. <laughs> yeah. That that beats my Midsommar rating for sure. Oh my god! I can't. I think I repressed that man. <laughs> Um, and before, before Jabril, sorry, before I, we we pass this over to you, I did just because because I didn't get a chance to say it before, but um, incredible performance from uh, I think her name is I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, but Maribel Verdu mm. who plays Luisa, mm-hmm. I think she really mm-hmm. takes my breath away, and she just steals this film, and she's an incredible presence on screen, and I'm she's actually in Pan's Labyrinth, I think, but I haven't seen her in anything mm-hmm. else, and I yeah. really wish I could. Mm. Um, but also just like one of the best cries in the biz. Oh yeah. Like she, you know, uh, you know, she, uh, she gives Julia, Julianne Moore a run for her mm. money because when she cries, it is something from the gut. Yeah. It is really it's elemental. Um, it's like proper ugly crying too, which is how we all cry, I think. Mm. But, um, anyway, so yeah, 10 out of 10, Jabriel, go ahead. All right. Um, so there's just so many things that I love about this movie. Like there's the. Oh, this is a word that I learned from you guys hey, yo. this week. Uh, cinephile. Is it cinephile? Well, yeah. A, cinef- a cinephile would yeah. be um, an expert on film, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's a new word <laughs> that I learned from you guys. We're making you one. We're making <laughs> you yeah, into so a cinephile. There's like the whole like cinephile point of view on this. But then there's also just the, how much I can relate to this movie. Like I lived in Spanish-speaking countries and that really helped because like the spanish movie you know i got to practice Mm. a little bit um even just like the setting and things like that it just reminded me of like my experiences in spain and argentina um i love the characters each and every one of them and it was nice to see um diego luna who's just become a huge Mm. actor in recent years with star wars and narcos um it's I was so surprised to see him in the movie, mm-hmm. like in the opening scene. Like I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's the dude from Narcos." So young, like, I can never remember his name, but yeah, he's mm. a child. So um, just overall, like beautiful movie. Um, it's so easy to relate. Like for me, ten out of. 10 out of 10 
<laughs> so weird. Nice. Because they didn't use Corona in mm. this movie, which which was yeah. pretty funny. Sol. <laughs> Sol. Well, I, I, Sol. I heard that apparently Corona is pretty controversial in Mexico. Um, yeah. Not yeah. for recent events, but more because they actually, they're not a very nice corporation, it turns ah. out. Apparently, they, yeah. they like stole, they created a new plant in some city in Mexico or the countryside and they basically just stole a lot of water from the um from the the residents there. So yeah, bad corruption. But I like Sol. Like Sol is I prefer Sol to Corona anyway. Mm. Um so yeah, ten out of tell Sol nice. beers. It's a nice. ten for all of us. Woo Dude, I think this is the first time we gave it oh maybe maybe Schindler's list. We all oh, I think no, no, I, no, I, no think, I, I think I gave Shinwin, yeah. uh, gave it nine. Sorry, hmm. kind of ruined that. But then this could be our first. It is. 10 out I of believe 10. it is. Um, I swear there was. We one should have a. We should have a sound we effect should. for that. By yeah. the way, I, we we will have to create yeah, like one. a down 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 down. I'm no. I'm pretty sure we did a ten out of ten for something. Et. Mm. No. No. I don't think I've given it. I don't no. think I've given a ten out of ten. No, I, I gave a ten out of ten for Jaws. No, you did. I did for yeah, Jaws. For Jaws. Yeah. For Jaws. Hmm. So this this could be the first time. This is monumental. This is quite. I will create a sound clip though for ten out of. If we all give ten out of ten across the board, we have to create. Yeah, a sound like clip something like. Wah, wah, yeah. wah. Maybe something like. Or like 10 even out of ten. Or even just like a clip from a movie like um, E. T. Going, I'll be right <laughs> there. <laughs> and like the spaceship. Or, or maybe the Harry Potter theme song because of Gabriel. <laughs> <laughs> or even just like rats something random like real trap shit. <laughs> or put a, put a donk on it. Yes. <laughs> put a banging donk yes. on it. Yes. <laughs> mm. yeah. That's good, that. All right. That was <laughs> great. That was great. Well, that was a Delightful. great episode. Great movie. And I think great finale to our summer yeah. theme. Um, we watched some good movies. Fuck Midsommar. <laughs> But um, <laughs> they can't all be good. <laughs> this one, yeah. I mean, it was good. I can see other people liking it, but it wasn't my favorite. But sick summer movies. Like, I was expecting three different, completely different movies. So um, I'm really glad I got to watch yeah. these. So thanks for, like, thanks for the recommendations and. It's freaking yeah. great. You do mama también. Like that. I really enjoyed this movie. Oh, I'm glad yeah. you did, dude. Yeah. Um, are yeah. we still recording, by the way? Are we still... Is this still the episode, by the way? Don't know. I can't, yeah, no, I, I was just them. about to wrap oh, up. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> Shut up, okay. God. Sorry. No just because we went off on that no. whole tangent about the sound effect, so I wasn't yeah. sure. We, and then we talked about beers already... for a second. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That, that was gold, though. Yeah, we should I mean, keep that in. I mean, it would be funny to have in this show well i'm probably gonna cut it out because we're at like an hour and 50 yeah 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 yeah. um but yeah uh so thank you for listening guys um as always what a pleasure to have my two friends raf and ollie on the show um and as usual don't forget to like share subscribe comment five star review um i can't really remember like this i've done this all the time so you know anyways um Thank you for listening and join us next time. Talk to you guys later. Hey guys, if you like the show, 
Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us on both at The Movie Newbie. Thanks for listening, guys, and catch you soon.